it's the seventh edition of the Ten Point Podcast, a podcast in which we watch, discuss, and rate movies. Andy, would you like to tell everyone how they can find the Ten Point Podcast on social media? Since Chris went, he did he fared so well last time running <laughs> social media for us. Andy, you have a go this time. You can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter by typing at Ten Point Podcast, or you can visit our website, TenPointPodcast.com. And, and you'll you can also find... follow us on Spotify. There we go, Spotify. Bit of a mouthful, isn't it? It is when you're saying 10-point podcast all the time. It is, yeah. I'll we'll need to shorten that. that. But still, <laughs> I, did, I still didn't panic as much as you did. Yeah. I'm out spasm. <laughs> so that's how you can follow along with the podcast. That's usually where we tell you when the podcast goes live. It's usually some point, kind of late weekend, early early in the week uh, and that's weekend. always a Sunday always a, oh, there go, always a Sunday there you go you had it from uh, the man himself and that's where you can send any questions or feedback or suggestions to us so check us out there uh, before we head on to this week's movie normally have a little bit of reflection on various bits and pieces not very much but something I did miss out on uh, something we kind of touch on we're all gamers the three of us we like to play games it's kind of how we kind of got together as a social group really uh, we didn't touch on that the video games related with Gone in 60 Seconds in the last episode. There is, in fact, a Gone in 60 Seconds game. Uh, it exists on the internet. Uh, the best I could find out information-wise was it was on PSP. Right. Um, and that's that's like it. That's pretty much all the information. It exists, and it seems to have been on PSP, and I can't find anything else about it. Um, for a film that came out turn of the, the century there, I thought there might have been a bit more... Like it's yeah. it's a, a, a driving game, and you think about all the early driving games around this time, like your GTAs, your drivers, your burnouts. That you thought they'd they probably done something with the the intellectual property that has gone in sixty seconds. Well, maybe one of our listeners can uh, find us a copy and then drop us an email. And then maybe we'll it's too it. close to Grand Theft Auto because you're basically just stealing cars. Yeah, and that's why point. they didn't do it. Uh, the, the details I found about the game was that you had to do something similar, like you had to steal a certain amount of cars in a certain amount of time and you get money for it. It seems to have been the format of the game, but uh, I feel like it would it would go pretty well as a, as a game format. Mm. Uh, the reason I mentioned this is that in my research for this, I did find an amazing clip that somebody has put together shot for shot the finale to go on in 60 seconds using Grand Theft Auto V, which is... Uh, it's so much better as well. <laughs> yeah, the jump looked far less, I don't know, fake <laughs> than the, the film version did. So have a look for that if you're interested in going on 60 seconds, because I very much enjoyed it. Uh, but with that out of the way, talking last week's episode, it's time for this episode selection, which is Starship Troopers. In every age, there is a cause worth fighting for. But in the future, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. Hey, kid, what's going on? War! We're going to war! Now, the youth of tomorrow must travel across the stars to defend our world. We are a generation commanded by fate to defend humankind. Everyone fights, no one quits. We are going in with first wave. You smash the entire area. You kill anything that has more than two legs. You get me? We get you, sir! But they will face an enemy more devastating than any ever imagined. 
My name is Bruce, and this is for all you new people. I have only one rule. Everybody listens, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. Welcome to the podcast. And as part of my 10-point infantry, I have recruited Chris. Hello. Chris, you are corporal until you're dead or I'll find someone better. And what's that? It's some sort of big, fat, smart bug. Oh no, it's just Andy. Hello, citizens. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really did struggle with this one. <laughs> it's not your best intro, but we'll go with it. It was at that point of the film I realised, shit, I haven't written down any intros for anyone. <laughs> when they said that at the end of the film. Uh, but that's the best I've got. So let's run through the 10 points of discussion and rate this movie out of 10 points. So here's point number one. What's the point? The point of the podcast today is the 1997 sci-fi action adventure in which we follow some young people from their graduation to the centre of a battle in an intergalactic war. That sum up the film? I feel like that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the graduation bit later on in some of my notes because I have a few questions about that and <laughs> some various plot points with the early part of the film. Uh, Starship Troopers, directed by Paul Verhoeven, I think is how you say it who is famously director of Robocop, Hollow Man, Basic Instinct, and Total Recall. That's quite a collection of films there. Oh, right. Yeah, it's about his masterpiece, by the way. I intentionally have missed out his masterpiece. <laughs> why don't you tell us his masterpiece? And also be why I left it out of the list. Because it's fucking awful. And Showgirls. Showgirls, It's practically yeah. softcore porn, but it's awful. He directed it under a pseudonym or something. He's called... Either Jan Jansen or Jan Jansen. That was his name when he directed that. I, I, he must have hidden his identity knowing what the hell he was putting together. Uh, Every but yeah. school day. This is, the guy, this is the guy responsible <laughs> for showgirls. <laughs> but yeah, quite a collection of mid-90s everything there, really. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Uh, the film Starship Troopers is based on the 1959 book Starship Troopers by Robert A. Heinlein, who was a major science fiction writer of the 40s and 50s. What's his early works like, Andy? You must have read all of them. I don't read books. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it? That's, that's it. I feel like you were, books. you were caught out last time by Gone in 60 Seconds being a remake. Did you know Starship Troopers was a book? <laughs> I knew it was an animated thing. Like beforehand, but I didn't know it was a book. Didn't know it was a book. Initially, it was from a book. I, th- I thought it was like a Japanese anime thing, but I've never, never actually watched it. I think it was made in the eighties or something like that. I'd not watched that. Yeah, I saw evidence of that as well. Uh, so the book was what it's based on. The screenplay was written by Ed Newmeyer, who, if you look at his uh, back catalogue, everything he's ever been involved in is either Starship Troopers or Robocop related. <laughs> he's got about twenty things that he wrote, directed, wrote characters, not wrote, wrote, created, screenplayed for, and they're all Starship Troopers or Robocop, one way or another. Uh, going on to the film that we're talking about today. Normally I'd run through what, who the stars of the film were, but after the critical success that was my last quiz that I did on the podcast, uh, I'll come up with a new <laughs> one for the lads to play in. And it's come up, I've come up with a very catchy title of Name Their Best Movie Quiz. Okay, So using a secret system that I've invented to try and prevent Andy from cheating, I'll give <laughs> you each of you <laughs> the name of a star of Starship Troopers, as in one of the actors in it, and you have to tell me what their best film was, best film being determined by my super secret ranking system I can't give away. <laughs> then if you can tell me what their best film was, uh, then I will give you a point, and you each get a bonus point if you can tell me 
whereabouts Starship Troopers ranked on each actor's list. You, you follow the scoring system. So if I was to say, my last quiz was on Prestige, if I was to say Christian Bale, you were then to tell me what his best film was, you could say, I don't know, Batman Begins, and I would say, oh, that was his second best film, so you don't get a point, but where did the film we're talking about Prestige come? And you could say, oh, it was number one, and you get a point for that. Do you follow the system? All right, I'll lead off with you, Andy. So we'll, we'll play it as we go. So, Andy, I'm giving you the star of the movie. Casper Van Dien, is that how you say it? Dien? Yeah. It's spelled, spelled Dien. Can you tell me what his best movie is? Can I, can I say Starship Troopers? You can guess that if you want to. Is that your guess? Yes. It is not his best movie. Whereabouts on his ranking do you think Starship Troopers came? Second. It was not. It was, in fact, his fourth best film he was in. The best film he was in is Sleepy Hollow, apparently. It's the best film that he was ever involved in. What, yeah. Johnny Depp? The Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow, yeah. yeah. He is that, the, yeah. That is the best film he is in. Who's Chris, in that? To you next. Uh, I don't oh, have the information in front of me right now, but I'll try and get to you <laughs> as you think about your answer for your question, Chris. Uh, Denise Richards, what is her oh, best movie? I'm going to say Wild Things. That's what I would have gone with, or at least would have gone up there. It's not. Uh, it is Undercover Brother, a film which I... <laughs> yeah, that is apparently her best film. Yeah. I hope you uh, tell me how you rank these afterwards. <laughs> I will do, yeah, I will. Uh, do you want to tell me where Starship Troopers came on Denise Richards' ranking? Uh, it has to be third. It wasn't. It was sixth on her ranking of <laughs> oh. films. Casper Van Dien played Brom Van Brunt in Sleepy Hollow. Uh, that helps you at all, because it doesn't help me at all. Uh, so, I believe we're at no score whatsoever so far. <laughs> so, Andy, your second question. Can you tell me, what is Jake Busey's best movie? Uh, i trying to think where he's been in. Uh... Frighteners. <laughs> it is not his best ah. movie. His best movie is Enemy of the State. Oh, yeah, he's in that as well. God damn it was it. Krug, Krug, an enemy <laughs> of the state. Uh, can you tell me where Starship Troopers came on his list? Third. No, it's sixth. His sixth God best damn film. It. Is he... <laughs> so still <laughs> no score. Overrating this film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Chris, Dina Mayer, Dina Mayer, Dina. Dina, uh, I would say Dina. Dina Mayer. Stick with Dina. What is her best movie? By my my ranking. I list? have seen her other stuff, but I can't think of where. So I'm going to say Starship Troopers. Uh, it's not film. the best film she's in. Allegedly, according to my super secret ranking system, her best film is Piranha 3D. Oh, uh, which says a lot about her film. What is your ranking system here? Jesus, hell. <laughs> it, it is, it, I'm following a very strict system here. I've not made this up. <laughs> uh, Chris, Dina Mayer, where does Starship Troopers come on her list? I'm going to say second. No, no, I'm, go- no I'm going to say fifth. It is not fifth, it is second. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, you give away a point. Uh, Andy, your next star of the movie, Neil Patrick Harris. What is his best film? And film, I've not done TV was, before you yeah, say. Yeah. It's got to be Harold and Kumar then. It is not Harold and Kumar. It what? is. It is Gone Girl. Harold and Kumar came, I think, something like 7th and 10th, the two Harold Kumar movies. What? What is your system here? <laughs> where, where did Starship Troopers come on his list? You now know it's not 1, 7 or 10. <laughs> 5. No. It was... Oh, it was 10. Sorry, it was 10th. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm miscounting. Harold and Kumar was 9. <laughs> this is the but worst no quiz ever. <laughs> Chris, we'll come to you. Michael Ironside. 
What is his best movie? I reckon you have seen it. If you don't think you have, I reckon you have seen it. Don't give him a hint. I reckon he's seen it, because I don't know, he's one of the ones I struggled to get in here. Total Recall. No, Free Willy is his best film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love and Free Willy. Whereabouts on his list of films yeah. did Starship Troopers rank? Third. Nope, 12th. Oh, which sure, no, he's probably been quite a few good stuff. He's had a far better career than everybody else. Uh, Total Recall was near the top, though. Uh, what's your answer? So you've got one more question each, so a maximum of two points each still to go. I believe the score is nil-nil. Uh, Andy, your final character, or sorry, star of the movie, Patrick Muldoon. He was he was Santa. <laughs> oh, God. Good luck with this one. <laughs> what's he be then? Uh, can, I, can I pick Starship Troopers? Because I can't remember what he's been in. <laughs> You are correct, Starship yes! Troopers. You get one point. Can you tell me where Starship Troopers ranked on his list? One. Yes, you get another no! point. Yes! And Chris, no. final one for you. Amy Smart. <laughs> she was in this movie. What is her best movie by my ranking system? Uh, Butterfly Effect. No. It wasn't Road Trip, which is what I thought it was going to be, oh. and it wasn't Crank. It wasn't Crank either. Outside Providence, which is a kind of late nineties kind of funny kind of comedy thing that she's in. Where did Starship Troopers for a consolation point, Chris? Where did Starship Troopers come on her list? Fourth. Uh, it was eighth. Uh, so, uh, it's Clancy Brown. I would have been guaranteed a point with the Shawshank Redemption. I, I had him, and I, I knocked him out and put Patrick Muldoon instead, so that somebody's best film was Starship Troopers. I needed one where Starship Troopers was the best. Now, what I used for my official cannot-be-denied ranking system was the meta score that you get from Metacritic. Right. <laughs> so this is all what the critics rated these movies when they came out. And we all That's know critics are critics right suck. about every film. <laughs> exactly. Calling out every so, critic, they suck. So according to the back catalogue of everybody in this film, Patrick Muldoon and Dina Mayer, this was the best films they ever made, essentially, and everybody else did far better things in the future. After uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I said this was uh, Dina Mayer's... Second best. Oh, fuck, so I did. Yeah, because Piranha 3D was her best, and it's a lot of things. I don't know if it's a good film, but it's a lot of things. I don't doubt it. <laughs> so, another rip-roaring success. I'm, I, I, I'm going to sell these... If the BBC are listening, I've got some quiz show ideas if they, if they want any. Back to Starship Troopers, though. Uh, some more information, since that is the point of us being here today. Starship Troopers, released 7th of November 1997. Worldwide gross of $121 million, off of a budget of $105 million. I'm not sure $16 million was what they were trying to gain with this movie. Um, $16 million. I, I would, but not. would you put in $105 to get it? Aye. <laughs> Right. Uh, US opening weekend was only 22 million and the US total gross is only 55 so it made nice. more than half of its uh, gross was outside of the USA that was um, time. exactly I imagine it would be uh, quite popular in uh, Germany <laughs> we'll talk about that later okay uh, moving on uh, as it was released in late 97 it's eligible for the 1998 award season yeah the best part of this podcast I'll, here's a, a brief, very, very, very one-question quiz. Did Starship Troopers get nominated for an Oscar or for an MTV Movie Award? I know this answer. No. I'm going to say an Oscar. It got nominated for both. It was nominated uh-huh. for Best Effects 
that being visual effects, because there's different ah. effects categories, but the best effects, visual effects, uh, at the 1998 Oscars, it lost to Titanic in that category. Starship Troopers is an Oscar-nominated movie. Um, yeah, that year at the Oscars, Best Picture was obviously the Titanic year where it cleaned up. It beat for Best Picture, As Good As It Gets, Goodwill Hunting, LA Confidential, and The Full Monty. They were the nominees for <laughs> Best Picture that year. Which is a, I didn't know Full Monty got Best Picture yeah, nomination. I. I did not know that. Uh, and Starship Troopers also was nominated for an MTV Movie Award. It was nominated for Best Action Sequence, which was The Bugs Attacking the Fortress. Uh, it, lost oh, yeah. to, it lost to the speedboat chase from Face Off. God damn it. Ah, that's worth it, I think so, yeah. Uh, Best movie at the NTV Movie Awards that year was also Titanic, because it was that year. Uh, It Beat. Now, this is one for us, Andy, for our point that we've been making. The nominees for Best Movie, NTV Movie Awards, Titanic, Austin Powers 1, Face Off, Goodwill Hunting, and Men in Black. Uh, I'd say Men in Black. Men in Black is my show in there. Austin Powers is probably my answer. Face Off for me. That oh, there we go. Lot. Good split in the room there. Uh, but there, that's a better five than the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Oscar not use that year. And the full money. Yeah, full money. Nineteen ninety-eight Golden Raspberry Awards. Unbelievably, Starship Troopers was left out of the Golden Raspberry Awards. I thought it was guaranteed to get something uh, <laughs> in there. Jesus, that's a, uh, something. a classic. Something. I thought it might. It's that kind of film. I thought it might have done. Worst picture that year. The Postman, which beat not a bad set of movies. Anaconda. Batman and Robin, Fire Down Below, and Speed Two Cruise, cruise Control. <laughs> ah, one of the one of them films was on my list. I'm taking it off now. Since it's officially a bad oh. film, has it coming off? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it was the post. Be. Oh, Speed Two. <laughs> it was. It was the Postman. It's coming off my list. Oh God! All right. <laughs> uh, so so that's I it. I was tuning in for that. <laughs> I think. Not a bad uh, awards year, and I, I can't. I, honestly, I could not believe that Sergeant Rivers got nominated for both of the good awards and not nominated for the bad awards. It's a worthy nomination, though. I know where you're swinging in this review. Jesus, it's that kind of film. It's the kind of kitschy, kind of campy, kind of action, strange thing with no stars in it. Anyway, with that <laughs> out of the way, we'll move on to point two, and that's the talking points. Starship Troopers was Andy's selection. So Andy, tell us, why did you pick this and then start to take us through the talking points and Chris and I will chime in when we feel it's necessary. Well, this is just one of these weird films that like, I remember watching like really young, like probably like I was younger than I should have been like watching this. What is uh, the rating on the film? I think it's like a 15, but I'm pretty sure it was like an 18 back in the day. It's officially a 15, but... Officially a 15. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I can't... I can't work out the math on that one, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it like fairly <laughs> early on, like when I was young. And it's just like one of them films. It's just like there's scenes I remember like really vividly in this, and then I just kind of carried on. Like then the game came out, played the game, and then then there was a sequel, and then there was another sequel, and then there was a great cartoon show. So it's just one <laughs> of these things that's it kind of started my kind of Starship Troopers love. Uh, yeah, I remember I, being often told how great this was when I was kind of young and it was one I kind of missed and everyone said oh I need to see this film it was really really well hyped and then I first saw it maybe at, at least five or six years after it came out and I just remember being unimpressed by it but I remember there was a buzz around it this film Starship Troopers go see it I remember it being a, a big thing when it when it was around yes, for, for me like I remember like when this came out it's like I always just thought it was like a low budget film and even to like up until last week I still thought this was like a low budget kind of indie type film 
Mm, yeah. Um, but with just amazing effects on a low budget. But actually, I found out it's got quite a high budget, and that's probably where their budget went to. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, looking back on it now, it's like one of these ones, it's like, for me, it's like I've pretty much met, like, all well, the two main stars, like Casper Van Dien and Dina Mayer. And probably met a few of the other people as well, like various conventions and stuff like that. But it's just one of these ones that, like, those actors and actresses that back then were not nobody. But then mm, you've got, like, Neil yeah. Patrick Harris, who now he's, like, a kind of semi-household name. Casper Van Dien's kind of drifted off, but in, like, the cult following, he's, like, um, he plays Johnny Cage in, like, the new Mortal Kombat, um, <laughs> like, TV series, which right, has obviously okay. then rebooted the kind of new film that's coming out as well. Of course, yeah. But, but it's just got, like, what, yeah, it's just got a random a kind of eclectic cast that back then nobody knew who they were. Do you, so you said you met them. Did they, did they look back at it fondly and think, what a great time it was? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, the, the show that I was at was um, both Casper and Dina were there, and it's like, you know, they just love their fans. And, like, Casper Van Dien is just, he is Johnny Rico. Like, when you see him in person, he just acts like him. <laughs> um, but in a nice way, he's not, like, an aggressive Marine. but yeah it's just yeah they just they seem like it's they know what it is it's kind of one of these cult classic films it's like it's kind of like a kind of love hate kind of film um don't know if there's a middle ground i'm pretty sure we'll find out as we did my uh, we did the meta metacritic meta score thing there for the talking about the best films it scored 51 so that's like absolutely just about splitting the critics right down the middle as in it's half gave it good reviews, half gave it bad reviews. Uh, so yeah, there's there's something there for a film to be so divisive like that. that it, 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 that's the kind of film that becomes a cult classic because the people who like it have a passion for it. And yeah, they, exactly. Yeah, that's what makes it into a cult film. It's like it's not like I've got a passion for this film. It's just like it's like I, said, I just played the games and just kind of carried on watching the series. I just enjoyed it. I like kind of like the kind of story behind it. Um, and like back then, like the special effects. It's like looking on it now. Some of them are like when they do the model work, you can tell, and like the ships and that look a bit shit. But then suddenly when they do the CGI, it's like fucking hell, this is really good CGI. Yeah. Bear in mind it's nineteen ninety seven. I really can't fault it because we've done films that have been made later than this that we've made fun of the CGI. Yeah. Most notably our last episode that, as well. That yeah, but I like some of the some of the special effects. You can see why it got Oscar nominated for it because it's really good. Some of it yeah. for, for nineteen ninety seven. And it's yeah, it's just it's one of them films. It's just like they've got like proper puppets. They've got CGI and they've got models and they all blend in fairly well together. I'll be honest, I, 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 like, this is this is me. I don't necessarily look for this sort of thing. I didn't notice much in the way of models. I, I, maybe that's why I thought the CGI was so good. I thought, I thought everything was. Uh, quite a lot, a lot of, the ship, of it was the good. ship's explosions and that you can tell there were models because they kind of fall a bit weird and stuff like ah, that. Ah, right. But the problem is they blended yeah, it. Like they do, like they do, like some that are models, and then the next scene is like CGI. So it's yeah. like it, it does blend in so well. So yeah, I can see why it kind of did get nominated for an Oscar and that kind of yeah. stuff because it seemed like it seemed like what well, I would class as a kind of semi-budget film, but then pump special effects into it and it actually works. Yeah. Whereas normally these films are the other way around now. Like, I thought the hordes of um, <laughs> the bugs. I thought they were great. Yeah, and that's like you think about it like in a modern term, like a kind of modern classic, like uh, Lord of the Rings when they do like the big battles and it's like all that kind of stuff. Like this was like what, eight years beforehand. Yeah, no, no, eight yeah. years, five years beforehand. Yeah, not yeah, not far. Yeah, eight years before like the the big the Return of the King, I think. Would yeah. Be, so. so yeah, so they're well ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's why I picked it. Uh, and I'm sure you guys are gonna have questions. I think we should kind of <laughs> go through the film. 
Well, immediately but, the first the first thing that happens in the whole film is uh, does it start with the the news guy on the ground on the planet, or is it do we have like the the advert things first? Yeah, I think you have, I, you have the advert like straight away, yeah. so you kind of know like you know what what this is. It's a bunch of like marines and going off. But, like, oh, that's right. The film, yeah. Before the film even starts, remember I've been banging on about long credits. Yep. This thing just kicks off. It's like here, here's who produced it. Here's who did it. Like, well, not like actually produced it, but like the the film company. And then it's just like straight in with a news reporter dude. And then massive battles going on. The first shot of the entire film, like a, a, a little peek behind the curtain here for the stats. I always do a couple of extra categories. I was going to count starships and I was going to count troopers. Yeah. The opening scene of the film, there's like a thousand troopers. And I thought, <laughs> right, fuck that. I have to count how many are dying. I have to count all these explosions. I guess why I missed some of the models is because every time they were exploding, I was counting how many explosions there were. Um, so yeah, I did not count troopers in this film, but I did very much enjoy the hundreds uh, of soldiers just laughing in the face of a little kid that wanted to join up. It just yeah. it got me right in the mood for the film straight away. <laughs> I was like, that guy wants to join up, and you just <laughs> laughed at him. That's no way to motivate that boy to join the armed forces. And the thing is, it does kind of semi grippy from the start because, like, I still remember watching this, and it's like I knew like Casper Van Dien was like the main guy. He was like Johnny Rico. So like going into the film, I knew this, like even back then, and it's like. He dies in the first two minutes of this film. Like, well, that's like, you know, it's kind of presumed that he dies. It's like he's running away. He runs up to the camera guy going, get over here. And then suddenly, boom, big arachnid right through him. I do have, before I knew he was who he was, I've just got, man runs up to the camera and just mugs (laughs) for the camera as he dies, pulling (laughs) faces down the lens. (laughs) like, what the hell is this all about? (laughs) Yeah, it just, it kind of just starts off like really strong, this film. It's like, right. But then it does drop off like really quickly. But like I think we'll like we'll get into it as I'm going along. But for me, it's like boom, action. But like it, it does just stop straight away. And then suddenly it's like right, you got all these kind of high school kids all want to join the military for various reasons and stuff like that. Let's touch on that right now. Then uh, is it high school? Because yeah, it's college, they, they all look mid twenties. Well, Dina Mayer seems to be like 10 years older than everybody else, but she's still she in school with them and all that. I did some research. She's not that much older. She's roughly the same age as most of them. Right. Neil Patrick Harris is young, but all the rest are roughly the same age. But she just seems like a like she's a grown woman among some kids, but then even they look like they're about 25. And so is it school? Is it college? They're talking about joining the army. It's like, I thought they were maybe military school, but they're choosing to do it. I got really confused at what what situation we were starting in. I've got a question for you. Riddle me this. Do you know um, what's he called? Patrick Muldoon, his character. Aye. He seems to be like a well-established flight commander who's playing, what, American football slash destroy everybody. Arena school. Yeah, whatever that is. Indoor football. It's the sort of thing that exists, kind of. It was very, it's kind of low-key football. He's supposed to be a well-established flight commander, isn't he? Well, no, no, I don't think he is. I think he's just, he's going to school. It seems like he's like in the year above them. So he's kind of like done all these kind of semi-training and that. But yeah, you're right. When it goes on to it, he is like some like, like he's the teacher for her. Yeah, as I could, that confused me. But, but it doesn't, I don't think they're in the same class. It doesn't seem like they're in the same class because obviously like they would kind of know each other, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He seemed like he was like from a different school, but was in the kind of team, but he was like the year older or something like that. Yeah, because the, the, there's a game happening. He's on the other team, which would, you wouldn't have two teams at the same school. So yeah. it must be from a different one. Might be where that's come from. But you're right. So maybe they've got like faster education. But I think what this film does well at the start, though, is like, obviously you have the big battle and then you go into this and you actually do learn about the characters because there's quite a lot of characters to learn about in this film. 
you say that, I've got in my notes, first thing I've got on, on this is how many films start with somebody not listening in class? Like that's a, that happens all the time. Whereas then it turns out later, he really likes that guy. Like yeah. the rat mm-hmm. He wasn't listening or paying attention to what he was talking about. He actually went to the army essentially for him. And he wasn't listening to him in his class. Well, no, uh, he, went, he went to the army for for his girlfriend. He, you know, if yeah. you had Denise Richards, you'd be fucking running class as well. Well, you? yeah, I would be. I would be distracted. <laughs> but he does show a sort of real, this guy is my hero. He taught me well. I want to be like him for him yeah, uh, yeah. at one point. But I do have underneath that, I don't like this Rico guy, brackets, four minutes into the film. (laughs) 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 And then I laughed at him being bad at maths uh, after that. (laughs) Because he got like 34% or something in his maths test. Even that in itself is weird because like, he seems like he's like a smart guy. He's got like rich parents. You think he'd be well educated, but he just seems like he's a bit of a moron. Like he's kind of... Not Seems to like take any offence, like, yeah, he's like the quarterback. You know, he's just talented at sports and he's got nothing else going for him. Right, yeah. On a side I mean, track, why... it's nice to see um, what unisex sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't see and that very often. You see the, the women over. absolutely pummeling the guys, so. It's true, but it was, it was only really Dina Mayer and she just yeah. seems like she wants to be like a man anyway in this film. And all the cheerleaders were female as well. Um, yeah. I, I've got... <laughs> I've got I've got to pick on this American football game quite heavily in one of the bits later on. <laughs> uh, I have many questions and problems with it, so I'm going to leave my input to later on. But I do have grown at grumpy dad that doesn't want boy to do what he wants to do because that's another movie typical yeah, thing. When Rico goes home, it's like I'm going to do this. It's like so is it a military school or is it just a school that they go to? Because everyone seems to be very military based. They've got a teacher who's like a soldier. Yeah, so, I think it's a, just a standard school. What I've taken right. from this is a standard school, but I think the world that they live in is pretty much you have to join the military to get like the right to vote to do. Yeah, there's kind of a anything. privilege thing by joining the military, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, that's what I'm getting. I just think it's a different world. That's what it is. But yeah, I got like a World War Two thing where they yeah. start like their ex-soldiers who then get called back up and the yeah you know, the meteor hits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so. We've kind of done the high school bit. Obviously, he's... They all want to join for various reasons and all that kind of stuff, and he basically wants to follow, you know, his love of his life. Um, I have a then... major nitpick right here. <laughs> right, okay. go for Before it. Before we get too far into them joining the army, it's sign-ups day. This is when yeah. they go and they say they want to join. Yeah. The man whose job it is <laughs> to take the applications yes. greets them with... Fresh meat to the grinder, eh? Yeah. Does he say that to like all five thousand people who come up I to definitely. him with an application that day? Just He's... repeat one after another after another. He loves his job. That's that's the type of person I've I've seen that type of person. They they love that joke. <laughs> He's getting kicks out of that every day when he does it. He's loving it. <laughs> that guy. He's got no legs. He's only got the one hand. The only joy he gets in life is taunting. That. Fresh meat to the grinder, eh? Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's just that's just funny. It's it's like it's this film just like it keeps oozing like campness about it. Like oh, that's a perfect one for it. It's really campy. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. like, you got your news bulletins to it. It's just like and then like everything that comes out of Casper Van Dien's mouth is very American, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like cringe at it. <laughs> yeah, American college 
like jock, like your stereotypical one. And it's just like it's so weird. Whereas the one that seems like the most kind of level-headed character, like you like you met so far, I would say is like Dizzy, like Dina Mayer. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was about an hour and a half into the film before I found out her name, so I've just got Dina Mayer written down in my notes the entire way <laughs> through. Uh, but yeah, Dizzy's easy to remember now that I know what it is. So yeah. but yeah, she's the one I liked. There are characters in this film that were created for me to intentionally not like them, but they're supposed yeah. to be likable. Uh, we have skipped over one thing. You mentioned the TV things. There's an advert for a psychic, and psychic stuff comes into this film quite a lot. Yeah. Is Neil Patrick Harris the first psychic person in film ever to not have a goatee and slicked back hair like the guy <laughs> in the advert does? It's like anytime it's a yeah. psychic, it's always they have the same head. It's always slightly balding, but the hair's slicked all the way back like he's Count Dracula and then a, a black goatee. <laughs> uh, it's, also, it's also funny how the, the guy who was in that bullet and it's like, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's like Lassiter and Psych. So it's funny. Because <laughs> he's, he's a psychic. He's a, well, he's, he's he's not the psychic in this uh, psych TV show, but he is in psych. So he is in psych. I, and I the other thing from that. <laughs> the other one I've got from that point for the news bulletin is that am I right thinking they say a bunch of Mormons moved to this planet to try and make peace with these bugs yes. and, like that, and then yes. got absolutely massacred <laughs> yes. years before South Park massacred them in that one episode where they just tore apart the whole Mormon belief. Yep. <laughs> I noticed that. Yep. I thought I was listening closely. <laughs> I, I did wind it back at one point. So did it, well, so I was winding back to count how many dead bodies there were. Fuck's sake. But I, uh, yes, I had to wind back and I was like, oh yeah, I did see. It's Camp John, whatever the guy is, the guy who invented Mormonism. It was called Camp something or other, named after him. But yeah, they all got killed. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what it's just like. I like these little news bulletins that pop up, but like, if you're going like, if you're going to like military school, so you've all decided to kind of sign up. So like, Rico's joined up because he wants to bang Carmen. Uh, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris is joined up because he's some kind of super psychic that can control ferrets. Um, is he though? Do, do yeah. we have the Neil Patrick Harris discussion now? Because I feel like he, there needs to be a discussion on him in this should... film. Is then. he psychic okay. though, or if he's not, is he not just like? And all he's trained his ferret well. Oh, he's a psychic. What is his point in this film? Why is he in this film? Well, because the ending. <laughs> when he comes out, <laughs> this bug is afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I said, we've killed he's not to be psychic to see that. Bugs. I can see that. And he's the one that's left. He is afraid. <laughs> and that yeah, is it. That's why he's just... Spoiler for the end of the film, he's fucking nicked his planet and you're about to <laughs> violate him with a metal machine. Of course it's afraid. Because he disappears yeah. for at least one hour in the middle of this film. Yeah, yeah, and... he's like, he's there at the start, he's like, alright, I'm away, but I can't tell you where I'm going. And this is where they all break off. It's just like, yeah. right, he's gone. And then he, goes then he pops the... up in the middle of the film in like a random advert for the, um, the mobile the Imperial Ar- as well. Imperial Empire, isn't it? He's yeah, definitely he tells going to everybody Empire. to shoot for the stem, yet nobody does it. Yes. He's not a very good sidekick, is he? <laughs> Already that's like 15 minutes of this film I could have chopped out. Obviously that ferret, <laughs> which he, he was training as well, ran out of his little tunnel right onto his keyboard and he gets annoyed by it. He was like, don't put the exit to his house next to your keyboard then. It won't run out of it onto your keyboard. Why are you getting annoyed? Oh, all right. So he's getting chopped. That's 15 minutes out of this film. So it's now under two hours. Right. So Neil Patrick Harris is gone from your film. Gone. He'll, he'll come back into it when we go through this film and like critically analyze it, but still. <laughs> so, what, what seems to jump to the next? So, we've got that. They're all they're all away. Right. Boot camp. For me, they boot camp, right. They're at boot camp now. 
Yeah, they could have just jumped from the whole first scene going, oh, they're at school, to boot camp. They could have yeah. skipped that whole guff in between. Yeah. And just went straight to boot camp. Boot camp. Which Why is the guy part film. standing in line just laughing? Why is he just laughing? Just to, is it just to annoy the drill sergeant? I is think it's the nervous laughters. Going for nervous okay. laughs. Because he shows yeah, up. Yeah. Oh, no, first of all, a guy fights <laughs> the drill sergeant, dude. Yes. And loses. <laughs> Dizzy shows up, she fights the drill sergeant, I've there got, what the fuck is this movie about, is what I've got written here. <laughs> what, what sort of weird universe am I watching here? The people just, they just show, they just show up and start fighting each other, laughing, and then Rico says he joined the army so he could join up and go out on his own, and then is annoyed that Dina Mayer tagged along with him? Yes. Is that why he got annoyed? But... I think she, so. Can't she join up and go out on her own as well? Like, why? Well, I think why what he's she all about yeah, is, she is just him. Well, she yeah. requested to get moved. Yeah, right. She knew he was there, so she requested yeah. to get go into his unit because she obviously wants to bang him as well. Because yeah, everyone's gone. He says he joined up to go out on his own. He didn't. He joined up to follow his girlfriend, who's also in the armed forces, and. All of his friends also signed up for the armed forces as well. So he didn't go out on his own. He just did what all of they did. Yeah, but like, if, a if, a drill, if a drill sergeant was standing in front of you and you've just seen drill sergeant break a guy's leg, kick the shit out of somebody you know, and then ask you why you're here, you, you wouldn't say, um, I followed a girl that I really fancy, would you? You'd say, I'm here to just be an <laughs> army man, sir, yes, sir. And that's kind of what he said, that's what he was saying. Uh, I've got an update at the end of the boot camp section of my notes. I have update. I think I hate every character. Is what I have. <laughs> well, there was and a lot get... more ones. And let's face it. Let's go for boot camp, right? So you kind of they have like group showers. That's that's the thing. That's that's something to sign up for, isn't it? Surely. No, in all Just... of our films, this is our first time we've seen a pair of boobs. <laughs> it's a gratuitous nudity for that. no reason whatsoever. But this this is one yeah. of Sean's favourite scenes in this film. He loves a bit <laughs> well, of I, I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember him saying he used to always pause it because he used to love seeing Dina Mayer naked. <laughs> what I did love seeing, to like try and get us back on a sensible course, is immediately Jake Busey, he's the character that was invented to annoy me. Just one of these film characters that they just put into films just to irritate me. I very smell. much enjoyed I very much enjoyed his a knife being through the palm of his hand. That was Aye. a clear high point of the movie in the first 30 minutes. It was around this time where I had to stop and take a little break because things were really getting to me. And I, like it was when I wrote down I think I hate every character. I had to take a pause and it was 28 minutes something into the film and I had to take a little breather and come back to it afterwards. But, like, but, I quite liked him up until he kind of smirked when that guy died. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's that point. But he's always kind of smiley. It's just, he's just, that's what he's got. He's got one of them teeth, unfortunately. He's just massive teeth. Why was he so confident he was going to be like squad leader or whatever it was? Like he was, that's my job. Like immediately, the first time anyone mentioned the two words squad and leader in the same sentence, he was like, his name's that's Ace. Me. I didn't he's get got, that. I just got, he's got, he's his name's Ace. I've got a name to be squad leader. From Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, he immediately irritated me. But like <laughs> at, at this point, I think it's kind of like the film's done done it this way to like so you don't like the characters. Like I, I've always like when anytime I watch this, I feel like that. It's like you don't particularly like Johnny Rico because his morals all over the place. You don't like Dizzy because she quite clearly just wants to go to Rico and is already fucked off from another unit that she was given. 
Mm. Carmen's cock-teased them all along and then fucked off to go to flight school. To bang that so, other guy. So, like, every character's not likeable. And then, like you said, Neil Patrick Harris, he's already fucked off as well and became a sidekick. He's he's off. And joined and then, the evil empire. Yeah. And then, like, the drill sergeant, no character is likeable. You are right I liked point. him. I thought he was great. I love Carmen. Because he was picking on everybody else and, and hurt Jake Busey, I quite liked the drill <laughs> sergeant. So, yeah. But, as but was, yeah, his lessons it, might have hurt, but they worked. But they, but then you're like doing the training thing. And this is like when like you know Rico's like given a squad because he, like he's the best, and then he instantly fucks it up on his first match by taking some knobber's helmet off. But he like I, I, I did rewatch this again because I was trying to work out yeah. who was dead and who wasn't. Did he tell him to take his helmet off, or did the guy just take his helmet off and then Rico took the fall for it? No, like like Rico, you can Rico see him like I don't think he told him. He, he pulled it off. He definitely pulled right. It off okay. I've got this as one of my little mistakes. It's not really a mistake, but him taking his helmet off had no effect on him getting killed. Oh, exactly. He got shot yeah. through the eye. The mask wasn't covering <laughs> his eyes. Well, it was, because that's the problem. It was kind of falling down, so if he had a faulty helmet, it probably would have saved him. Well, yeah, exactly. If he kept the, the helmet in <laughs> he would have survived. But because his helmet fixed it, he got shot through the eye, which he didn't have a goggle or face mask anyway, so he would have died regardless. But, like, so we could take the fall for nothing. But before, even before that happens, right? So Rico's in charge of a squad for the first time. He almost, well, I think Dizzy almost blasts somebody in the back as they run in front of her shot. <laughs> so he's already fucked that up. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he then, like, pulls the guy's helmet off. But how come the woman that shoots, like, the guy in the head gets no punishment at all? Like, yeah, well, she's quite clearly a fucking moron. Yeah, well, because she's upset she left. What she, just, she ran and tripped... And then right, kind of turned, okay. like fell and pointed towards them, and then pressed the trigger. And it wasn't like the guy who died was standing on his own. There was like a bunch of them standing yeah. there. So it could have been any of them that got blown up by that. So it's her fault, yeah, but, not Rico. Yeah, and then like I said, then then you go to like you, you just hate the characters even more. It's like oh my god, these these guys are morons. And like oh. I don't know if the film's intentionally doing this to build up like these arachnids that you've not really seen yet, like other than the, right at the start. Yeah, the quick flash of them at the beginning. Yeah, and it's like. Maybe the alien race is right. Maybe maybe these guys are morons and should be wiped out from existence. Well, this is this is a major. This is one of my major things with this film. It must have been around this time I was thinking it as well. It's like, are it, is this film gonna have this sort of political or moral twist when they get there that they find out these bugs are just innocents? Because it's very much. I think Chris has already hinted at it. It's very much a kind of a fascist regime, this kind of mm-hmm. Starship Trooper infantry thing that they are. I was thinking, okay, so they're going to get there, they're going to shoot some bugs and all that, and then they've got to find the baby bugs and the queen bug, and they've got to find out that they are a peaceful race, and they're not actually sending asteroids through space and all that, and then they've got to try and solve the whole situation, and they'll be heroes because they stopped the war. So I spent two hours of this film waiting for this twist to develop where that was the thing it ca- and that's what kept me engaged I'd come back to the film yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd calm down I thought right I'm going to see what happens here and I turned it back on again immediately Hank from Breaking Bad's there so I got excited when he showed up and <laughs> I, I thought I yeah, forgot this- he was in that yeah. <laughs> somebody else later on I'll point out yeah I've got one as well uh, and Amy Smart's already been in at this point as well um, but yeah I thought okay I'll keep watching because that, that could be an interesting development that comes uh, in the future, and not long after, the guy shouts five four ready steady go when he's launching a spaceship. But I just thought, like, are, are you child, I love child that. children? Like, <laughs> I, I I remember when I seen this for the first time. I started doing that all the time. 
Because it's, it's so much better than going 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's like, do we go in 1 or do we go in 0? Ready, set, go fixes that. So <laughs> I think yeah. I think everybody should be doing 5, 4, ready, set, go. It just works. It's genius. Also, when he was doing that, that's when they were up in the, the space, when uh, Denise Richards had flown her spaceship up into space yeah. and all that. And then there's a Halo ring around the planet. Did this invent Halo or did this copy Halo? I feel like Andy, you'll be the Halo expert here. Oh, no, Halo came way after this. So, yeah. So, yeah, they Halo copied Starship. Yeah. So, they copied Halo for their. I wonder if they pay rights fees to Starship Troopers for the, the Halo that was around the planet. But, like, like, so you've done all the boot camps, right? Rico gets punished, but then, like, shit hits the fan and then, like, it's like, right, we're going to war. Let's, let's like, everybody mobilize. And, like, this is where the film just suddenly is non stop. Like, oh yeah, much. the first hour is aw- so, awful, but this next bit is just where like it, it builds it up, it builds it up, and then like you, you do have an hour of all this build up in this film, and then suddenly it's just like, right now you're in space, you see like Denise Richards, suddenly she's an amazing pilot like, out of nowhere. Like how the fuck did she know how to fly all that shit? You have like, said the words out of nowhere at the exact point in my f- notes that I have written <laughs> out of nowhere, where I've just got asteroid out of nowhere. She has to. <laughs> Smash the glass for emergency spaceship control. <laughs> I know, right? Who do you thought was a thing in spaceships? But that cannot be helpful. It cannot be useful. My issue right. here is they've got all that space and they fly into the one fucking asteroid that's coming towards them. Well, no, I've got, I've got another issue here, right? So right before this like asteroid comes out of nowhere, she's sitting there all smug as fuck saying, oh yeah, I've just saved us a bunch of time getting to wherever they're going. And like... Uh, whatever his name is, it's just like Sander or whatever, yeah. Patrick Sander, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like, what are you doing? I've, I programmed these coordinates in myself, it's efficient, and she's like, well, oh, go check the numbers, and then he's like, oh no, it is good, and then suddenly it's like, fucking asteroid, if she hadn't changed the course, <laughs> ah, they'd be fucking fighting. So she's exactly. a bitch. Like, she fucked up. But, <laughs> straight afterwards, she dodges around, she smashes the glass, becomes the most amazing pilot, can fly the starship, takes off, like, whatever the antenna array probably kills some people in the same time and the captain is like well done you got us out of that it's like you got us into it <laughs> so i do have an issue yeah, also why wasn't she pissed off at her changing the flight yeah exactly like, it was just like, she's a rookie she shouldn't be doing shit like that yeah, like the rookiest of the rookies like she like, could that's, be that's, more of a rookie if, if rico can get punished for not like well getting somebody's head blown taking off, a she, helmet. Should be, she should be getting lashed as well because, like, who would want to see Denise Richards getting lashed? <laughs> sure, Sean would. Yeah. He would love it. I've uh, quickly snuck by something I wanted to talk about here. So, Go on. You're, you've already into space, but before that, Rico had quit because of his uh, harsh treatment, really, of what he'd got. So he's quit. Then, like, some boss-looking kind of guy comes up to him in a suit and goes, Rico, your phone call is connected. And then he walks over to the big screen and, like, his mum and dad are on the video phone. Does that, like, senior officer have to, like, dial in the phone number for him and then wait by the screen, <laughs> waiting for somebody to answer? Like, Christ knows how long he's been standing there, how far this phone call's got to go. So Rico then decides, oh, thank you. Thank you, Chief. I'll go over. I'll answer my phone call. Talking to his mum and dad. As he's talking to them, it goes really, really dark on Earth where they are, and one of them goes, "What's that?" And one of them goes, 
that looks like rain. It gets darker and darker, and Enrico just fucks off and leaves them to it. Like, oh, it's always like that on Earth. It always goes pitch black <laughs> when it rains in Buenos Aires or whatever it was. Look at you. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> well, the world may have changed a bit in the is it 700 years or something like that in yeah. the future that we are. But it's another thing we don't hear much talk of. The talk of World War Three was the United States take over the entire world since a whole bunch of American people are going to school in Argentina in this film. Like, there's not much talk of how everyone is just suddenly American and Earthlings. We are all American, and we all, no matter what country we live on and go to school to, everybody is American in this film. I know it's weird. Carmen being called Carmen Ibanez, and she's fucking your stereotypical American. Yeah. And then Rico as well. Rico was like, he's actually Juan Rico or something like that, and he's just Johnny's Imagine nickname. Imagine called Juan. And it's like, everyone's just a, a white American guy with the exception of a few African-Americans who dotted in, and none of them are from America. They're from other plates, places around the world. It's 700 years in the future. I think you've got to let, like, let's face it, America's taken over. I want the World War Three prequel. <laughs> but On like, another note, that asteroid yeah. should have wiped out the whole fucking planet, not just Argentina, the size of the thing. No, it was a wee small mm. one. That was a fucking global killer. That's a small one. Breaks up in the atmosphere, it'll probably down at a pebble or something like that. Well, it blacked out Rico's house, so it must have been quite big. Oh, yes. Semantics. <laughs> so, you were leaning towards the battle. I will say, I'm going to slightly step back from the discussion here, because when the battle starts, I've appointed myself counter <laughs> of things on this podcast, so... The majority of the second half of this film, I'm counting things. So I may have missed the finer <laughs> details and the minor plot points uh, going forward. So, But one thing I do have to ask is, how didn't Rico die and how did they get him back to base after the bugs killed him? Yes. In that scene that was so, the beginning. So he only got stabbed and then they put him into like a Luke Skywalker water tank and that seems to always fix people. So, why He was the last guy. Though? Yeah, they went back and got him. I also, you, surely you would see thousands of these things for the amount of troopers they've got, but you only see him. Why does he get preferential treatment? Other people like lost arms and stuff. Can't they grow that back? Yeah, but they probably did. You just like there was a lot of spaceships there. There was a lot of whatever. Oh, I've like, counted spaceships. There was a lot of spaceships. So there was a lot of spaceships. <laughs> so, like, we're following Rico's story, so of course it's going to focus on him. But like, you could make a side story and follow. I don't know. The random guy that gets his arm chopped off, or maybe the the cameraman he survived. Who knows? I did enjoy bug laser fire melting arm goo that they had. Yeah, I thought that was good. Oh, I like that. Big I, beetle things. Yeah, I want my I want that feature on my bug in the future that it can shoot out fire that melts people's arms off. I, I, I like, like that bit. I think like we can speed the rest of this kind of talking through the film thing by just basically saying. A lot of shit happens now. It just it's continuous. So like Rico suddenly comes back alive, but then it's boom straight back into it. Then and Carver like... from the Wire shows up. I just want to name check him. Ellis Carver from yeah. the Wire. He showed up. I got excited. That was, that? These were the high points to me. Is seeing people that I know from things. So I was like, hey, hey. <laughs> I saw a guy from Break, uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. How you mean? Uh, he might be. I know him from the Wire. Yeah, the priest. Uh, yeah. It but could yeah, be. It's... I don't know. And like basically, we all know what happens bunch of war, four bugs, and I'm just going to kind of fire through to the end of this and then we can you can go back and pick up bits So just so we've got a kind of overview. So randomly go back, get sent to a planet, go to a base, find out a guy gets his head sucked off, 
Go back. Go back. <laughs> Freezing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Go back to spaceship. Send all the spaceships back down. More spaceships get blown up. They all land. Spaceships get blown up. Rico's got to go save his girlfriend. Finds a brain bug. And then Neil Patrick Harris comes back into the film, saves the day, and the other guy gets the credit. End of film. So that all happens in about an hour-long action sequence, really. Yeah. The last, so, yeah, the last hour of the film is an action sequence, and <laughs> thirty minutes of that hour is just people shooting at bugs. Yes. Not in, a, not in a fancy <laughs> not way. Well. He kills the big bug I was talking about. Really, quite. That was probably the best action sequence of the film for me was him climbing on the back of the big bug and all that and then blowing it up and all that. But other than that, half an hour combined of this film is just a row of people shooting at a row of bugs. But bang, they bang, do bang. it well. Like, the special effects and these bugs attacking, mm-hmm. like, in the amount of, like, CGI bugs, everything just looks good. Yeah. Like, it's a visual treat for the eyes. The acting might be a bit cheesy. You yeah. still hate every one of them. <laughs> Dizzy bangs Rico and gets like you know gets permission as well. He gets twenty minutes to bang her. Well, like, so, scene... I like that for Michael Eisner. He's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, see up in ten minutes. He goes, oh, but I'm not alone. Okay, I have, a, I, have, I have a couple of notes on that scene, and that was funny. First of all, electro fiddle. I like that. Yes. <laughs> for for no reason, just invent that for the film. <laughs> she goes over. Dizzy goes over to Rico. We should go dance. He immediately just becomes immediately becomes just a dick for no reason. He goes, "No, I'm like a corporal now. Fuck off!" He's <laughs> rank on her. I'm not gonna dance with you at this party we're having. Yeah. Because, right. But then obviously they make up. They go to bed, and the first thing they do is they fall down onto the bed, onto the mattress, the sleeping bag, whatever. She sucks his nipple. And I'm like. <laughs> It's a strange way to initiate intercourse here in space, but again, it's, it's the future. 700 years in the future. It's in the future. That's the start, and then obviously, what you say, the Ironside comes in and tells them he's got 20 minutes. But yeah, I thought it was a strange start to it. It's the, but that's the weird thing that that's the little breakup in this like action sequence. It's just like they've all kind of survived one battle, then they're going to go straight back out, and that's the breakup point. And it's just a random bit to put in a film. Yeah. Like, no, like, moving the plot forward or talking about these brain bugs. It's like, it's literally just a throwaway line going, there could be brain bugs. And, like, that's <laughs> it. And then, then you get some yeah. news bulletins about, like, kids squishing cockroaches and then straight back into the, the action again. Well, that's, with all these news bulletins coming in, that's why I thought, oh, eventually there's going to be this twist that it's all propaganda. And yeah. they're, just, they're, they're just soldiers. They're doing, and eventually these heroes of the day are going to go rise above that and not just do what they're told. They're going to see that there's, they are the baddies and they should try and mm. turn the tide. But it, it just never came, really. But, like, the, the scene where they're, like, all, like, they're waiting for, like, um, the dropship to come in. Like, all the arachnids run up the wall and that. It's just, I love that scene. It's brilliant. I can see why it would have voted for... Um, yeah. Just, yeah, and, and then, like, Michael Ironside's just death, you know, it's just, like, Rico's, like, no hesitation. He's just like, I know what to do. I'm going to kill you. Well, the setup scene for that, like, there was a scene specifically put in the film to set that up, which is yeah. when a flying bug <laughs> flies down, picks up a soldier, flies, 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 and Ironside sees it, flies, 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 <laughs> give me your gun, flies, 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 <laughs> lands, gets his gun, looks at this flying bug and his soldier... Bug puts down the man that he's picked up, gets ready. Ironside's looking through the sights of this gun, then kills the soldier, and then Ironside <laughs> puts a bullet in him. Like you had it w- way more than enough time to prevent that from happening. You just made a point of 
killing your own man to say, look what I did. I put him out of his misery. He was not dead until he shot him. That's yes. my opinion. <laughs> he is a bad guy. I thought, I'm against him then. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll t- tell the one thing that I didn't notice, and it's kind of like rounds this kind of film off, and we'll get to the like the very end of it, and kind of move on to the other points. But I had never noticed this bit before, like in this film at all. So you know when, like Rico is in the tunnels, he's looking for this like brain bug slash trying to find uh, Dizzy, uh, not Dizzy, uh, Carmen. Yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to find Harley. No, he didn't give a fuck about brain bugs. He was trying yeah. to save Harley. So like, he, yeah. So so he's he's like he's there, and he's like. <laughs> You know, and he's like, oh, I need volunteers. Um, and then there's a scene where it's like, I feel like she's still alive. I had no idea, like, at all that it was actually Neil Patrick Harris putting that thought in his head that she's still alive. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that until he said yeah. that it was him that did it. Yeah, and it was like, I completely missed that line like when he explains at the very end. And it's just like, ah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Just trying to justify him as a character. That's but the one, the one thing I do like, <laughs> I, I do quite like the ending um, when it's when Neil Patrick Harris is doing a little monologue saying, you know, the this day will be remembered for like a, a private that's found a brain bug and it's actually the the sergeant dude. Yeah, the the, the drill sergeant from yeah, earlier. He's, yeah, he's uh, demoted himself. It's just like that's a nice little touch. I wonder what and he it, did to demote himself though. Oh, he did it because he early on yeah, he wanted he to fight could, and yeah. And then yeah, Hank but... from Breaking Bad says, you can fight, but you have to be a private because you're. Yeah, I won't let you do it unless you demote yourself down. So he just must have said, okay, I'll do that. Oh, I thought it was like, maybe like punched him or something. It's like, but you're now a no, private. because then he would get lashes as well. But no, I, just quite did, like that. I kind of quite like that as an end, but it doesn't really end like with an ending, if you know what I mean. It's just like, that's it. And then it's like, boom, there's the end of the film. Yes. And then another propaganda film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, without violating the poor bug. Yeah, poor bug. Oh, I like that censored scene. I love all that kind of stuff. It just all worked out. Them bits. We. Well, yeah. So, yeah. You, you, that's that's you the briefly, film as a whole. You briefly mentioned uh, Rico getting. We saw him in his cryo chamber, as it were. Re and does everyone get that? So, after Rico caused Dizzy to die, like she was. Oh yes, I know where you're going. After he's that like, as well. Dizzy, whoa, and she turns around and then gets killed. So it's his fault again that he did yeah. that. She then gets this funeral where all the soldiers are all lined up and paying tribute and all that. <laughs> oh, Do, does every fallen person get that? Because no. that's got to take months to get through <laughs> all of that. And it probably feels shorter than watching the fucking film, to be honest. But it must take <laughs> forever to get through it. She, yeah, got, well, she my, got special character. Well, no, because exactly. I, she was the only body from that. I'm thinking, like, she was like a kind of a trophy, if you know what I mean. Like... Everybody else on that planet was dead. They couldn't get anybody back. She was the only dead body, so they just used her as like a kind of a symbol. A they lot had of people half died. Of Michael Ironside. They still had half of Michael Ironside. They could have no, done they left him. him. They left him. He still went. Really? Oh, they should have taken him half. on the, the plane oh. on the, the dropship. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from now, Andy. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm going for. I'm covering. It now. is what I thought, but I thought like surely everyone else gets because he was nothing special. So. Um, well, right. like in, in terms of ranking. So. Right, so we talked through the film, and you need to move this on because we're going to think... we discuss this forever. Uh, we'll start with high points then. Point number three, the high points. Uh, Andy, again, it's your film. Give us your high point suggestions, and me and Chris will see if we've got any to add. What are your nominees? Uh, as a kind of general whole, the news bulletins, I quite like the cheesiness of them, um, the public service ones. But my favourite one was the, the cow one. 
where it was actually a CGI cow. Um, and a fun fact is Peter tried to shut that scene down. I don't remember the cow. <laughs> what happened to yeah. the cow? Oh, one of the videos. They, yeah, one of the videos that shows the arachnid into... killing it. Yeah. All oh, right, I, c- I can't remember that. Apparently, yeah, because it got censored. Apparently, behind the censor, some guy just spraying blood against the uh, paint against the wall. Yeah, but they actually CGI'd it all in. But Peter got funny about it because they actually thought it was a real cow, um, and oh, it was getting right, like okay. it was in distress. But it was that—that's how good that scene was. That it right, actually, okay. it looked like a real cow. So now the public service announcements are quite like that. But mm. for me, the the high point of this film is that the scene where all the arachnids are coming up into the the military base. Their little outpost. Just that's a, that's a good scene. That. How about you, Chris? You get any nominees for the high point? Uh, it's got to be all the the visual effects from like just from that scene that Andy's talking about to when they do like a swoop over of all the dead bodies and stuff like, and the the visual effects of that plus the seamless interlinking interlinking interlinking, <laughs> interlinking between like a CGI to a model from like Rico gets stabbed through the leg. Yeah, quite like that one, yeah. The arachnid one, yeah. That was good. A lot of stuff like that. I just like the whole CGI. You can see why, the visual effects, you can see why it got nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I've got visual effects as well. I thought for a film as old as it is, it's really, really good. Specifically, uh, I've got Rico versus the Big Bug. I really liked that. I thought him taking down that Big Bug really thought it was me. I thought thought it was really good um, as an action sequence. The, The... the problem I have with the 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 Oscar nominated or not the MTV award nominated scene with all the bugs attacking the bases, I was just sick of them by that point. I was just like, <laughs> I cannot watch people shoot bugs anymore. Yes, it's good, but oh my god, I'm sick of it. Uh, other <laughs> high points I've got is the drill sergeant with the knife putting it through Jacob's hand, and then <laughs> I just I enjoyed all the the good actors showing up with just having tiny roles and be like, oh, it's him, it's, oh, it's him. They were the high points. But I'll, I'll back out from high points. If you guys both want to nominate that that one scene, I'm happy with that. Or if you want to go for CGI, I, I think it's, I'll, I'll I think it's CGI. I think overall, I think yeah. we've all kind of agreed that CGI is like they've nailed it in this film. So, whoever uh, did that, whoever was the guy behind it, deserves a lot of credit for it because it was really yeah. good. Not yeah. the one guy, but you I'm know, sure it was I mean. a team. I'm sure it was a team. Yeah. Give him the team. <laughs> uh, point four is the low point uh, what we think the lowest point of the movie or the lowest pointed thing about the movie is uh, I've got shooting at bugs just sick of it and my, my main one is the arena football game <laughs> right <laughs> well, <there we> go. <laughs> arena football is a real thing so indoor American football is a real thing I, I'm sure everyone who's listening to us that, that in America whatever knows that some Brits might not know it's an indoor game they're just going to tart it up for this little film I mean things glow and all that but I have several nitpicks about this scene it is, why is it happening, for a start? It's the last day of whatever. The dance is that night. Who are they playing against? They never tell us there's another school. We've discussed it, how there might be another school. And then you've mentioned the fact that Xander seems like he's about 10 years older than everyone, and he's still playing in this game somehow. They're playing games. The cheerleaders are on the pitch when they're playing, which that can't make sense. That seems like a bad move, regardless <laughs> of it. Like You can see them starting the game at one end, and there's the cheerleaders are in the end zone behind the other ones and all that. There's shots of this. It just, He's analysed the scene way too much. This, one, I didn't, this is one I don't even rewind. This is just me picking holes in it. <laughs> I think it's a scene where Xander has the ball and he's running forward. He, he's at the same point of the pitch and then he runs forward and it cuts someone else, cuts back to him. And he's at the same point of the pitch again, running further forward. And he, just, he travels over the same 10 yards about five times during this one play of the game. So therefore, the direction of the scene is bad as well. So I have the arena football really is small as well. low point. And also the whole thing was irrelevant because what the fuck did we need it for anyway? So that's my I mean, just to show uh, the, the, 
Yeah, they hate each other. The rivalry between them two. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna fight over a girl. That's what this film's about. Exactly. Right, Chris, low point nominees if you can do any ones that uh... aren't in <laughs> Um the whole fucking Nazi vibe that I got from it <laughs> is a kind of a low point. <laughs> yes. I'm Everybody else you. get that? Yes, like, I got the whole I black that. SS yeah. outfits, the Gestapo, grey, the whole let's just take over this planet planet and destroy everything that's on it. That kind of just was like, oh, and also like the fucking Hitler Youth thing, trying to yeah. call up kids. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of like Nazisms, and the fact that it's celebrated, as in they win and yay, we won, and it's like there was no consequences to them just going attacking this poor bug planet. Like there was no seemed to be no reason for it. They never explained why they were attacking them. Uh, because they. I don't know. Some sending asteroids. Yeah, yeah. We're sending asteroids to us, but then can it's, we prove it was it, well, it's, it's basically how the um, the arachnids uh, like colonize planets. Is that's what they do? They kind of throw these meteors through and colonize them. All oh, right, yeah. Like okay. the whole last thing would, wouldn't have been an issue at all if it wasn't for Neil Patrick Harris's black leather jacket and hat. If he <laughs> wore something else, it wouldn't have been a whole Nazi issue. Yeah, right. he he was very SS. Yeah, I yeah. had that written. Uh, Zero points, Nazis. No, I've got Nazis. like one more, like the whole plot of the film. Why send all these thousands of troopers down where they could just nuke the fucking planet? Surely they had that technology. Well, you say just, that. You, you, they, don't they see, you don't see millions of troopers. Like, ever fire. So True, but they've got like this... the technology for a halo ring that can fire. Surely they can strap one of them to a gun. Oh, yeah, but maybe they just it. didn't. Maybe it was an oversight. Uh, well, because like, we'll if I'm not, I'll go with the Nazi thing then. Like, let's face it, right? We've we've sent people to the moon. We've got spaceships. Do we have weapons on them spaceships? Because I haven't came across aliens yet. They knew there was aliens yeah, down there. Ex- yeah, they would. You know, they would be on there if there was aliens. Yeah, but maybe I don't know. I can't defend that one. They like, <laughs> 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 just nicked the planet and then went down and took out, like killed what was left. Instead of sending millions of troopers to their death. They could have done that. But I think the whole point of the film was that the scientists wanted the the brain bug. So I don't think that's why they just sacrificed every human. They didn't know about it until later on, though. Yeah, but Neil Patrick Harris knew he could sense it. Could he, though? Because he's not really much which, of a psychic. Which brings well, me to my low point of the Dino's movie. going to die. He'll go send her down. Yeah, my, my low point in the movie is Neil Patrick Harris. As much as I love that guy, like, he's brilliant. He sucks in this movie. <laughs> When like, he's in it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the point. Like, he, like, he's actually okay in his little bits, but he just disappears. And it's like, then suddenly he's a, like, quite a pivotal role in the film. So, like, it's like, what, what was he doing? <laughs> well, yeah, he really yeah, because he was the one that technically knew about the brain bugs. He was the one that kind of seemed like he planned this whole thing. He was the one that sent the roughnecks down, and he was the one that did everything. It was like, but he wasn't in the film for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think they could have done this whole film without his character. Yes, that's my they, point. They exactly. could have just said, we've got words from above, they think there's a bug guy. Then, yep. right at the very end, they could just sit Rico and goes, oh my god, this bug looks really afraid. Yeah, we've scared it. Yeah. Didn't need Neil they Patrick Harris to, like, exactly, could just capture it and drag it away. They didn't need some. We've got King Bug. <laughs> Yay, the war yeah. is over. It's like. Yeah. I can't pick a I can't pick a winning low point. You guys have to decide. Like uh, everything, all of these are suitable nominees for me. They're all as bad as each other. I'm going to keep them all then. They all low. Yeah. 
the whole, whole film's a low point. About an hour and forty-five minutes of the film is the low point. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us on to point five. That's the points of interest, the trivia section. Andy, it's your pick. Tell us some trivia to get us interested. I'm, they're not interesting at all. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. But there's there's loads of trivia about this film, and I cannot even be bothered to read half my notes on this one because there's so much of it. But some fun ones I've pulled out is uh, there's a miniature of the Millennium Falcon in one of the ship bridges. Is that? Yeah, so that's that's a little fun one. Because I was counting starships, so I may have accidentally counted it without realising it was the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, um, the director um, of the film, Paul, however you say his last name. Gerhoven, I think. Yeah, him. This is his favourite film that he's ever made. (laughs) He likes it. Uh, What, compared to everything else that he made? Yeah, apparently this is one of his favourite films. Uh, The movie is actually set in uh, 2197. Um, Neil Patrick Harris, when he was on set, was called Doogie Himmler because yeah. of his resemblance <laughs> to the SS un- uniform. So that's yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, another fun fact is that the costumes were used in the Power Rangers TV series, <laughs> and they were also used in the TV series Firefly, where all the guys were wearing the same body armor and stuff like that. So this huh. the like were the good guys. Or the no, no, they're like uh, so, uh, an episode where they're all bad guys and they're like doing right. train heists, but all the kind of armor's been like kind of respray painted, but you can still tell it's Starship Troopers stuff. Is this um, one of your crossovers then, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the helmets are also used in a Mark Wahlberg um, film called Planet of the Apes. The, I like that. I like that version. Yeah, so all, all the helmets that you that see one. them wear, um, they're, they're from Starship Troopers as well. Was so basically, <laughs> so so basically, like quite a lot of the kind of there were so many costumes obviously made in this film that Hollywood still got a lot of uh, costumes in their disposal. Oh, um, of course. What else have I got? This fun fact: uh, James Cameron was also attached to this film at one point. Um, he, but obviously, he did, he did Titanic, didn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah. So. He probably chose the better option. <laughs> oh, this could have won an Oscar if he carried on doing it. <laughs> Um, I don't think there was anything else fun there. I'm just trying to think all my fun facts. I've got loads of like other stuff that's just. If you want to read some facts, well, there's loads of fun facts on this, but they're my fun ones. I still like how the fact that the armor's in Power Rangers and Firefly. That's my little. <laughs> that's my favorite one. This one. Okay, Chris, we'll come on to your section then. The goofs section. What goofs have you picked out? You probably don't touch well, the, the American football game. I've kind of covered that for you. Uh, the. I mean, I had the whole Beckinger. Beckenridge or whatever he's called, getting shot in the face had mm. nothing to do with Rico taking his helmet off because he got shot through the eye. And the other one was, why did Dizzy get a funeral but nobody else did? But again, Andy's kind of sorry that one. The only mistake that I actually fully noticed was when Ace gets a, a knife thrown through his hand and it went yeah. like through his hand and stuck in the wall. There's no mark on the wall when he takes his hand away. <laughs> That's it. That's the only one like, I was actually like, oh, there should be a mark on that wall there. Oh, well. But you didn't notice like, stuff like boom mics. That's always your thing. And that blood spatter was, was different when they got shot and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like when, when they captured the, well, the brain bug. Again, if it was obvious, it's like, I never noticed that one. Yeah, the brain, when they captured the brain bug, you see the shadow of a boom mic um, on the guy's <laughs> trench coat. Well, I see, I probably noticed that, but I could, I could have been some guy's weapon because it's fairly like, obvious. Like. Yeah, and the, and the one that I don't get how you missed, and this is like, I thought you would have got this one. 
So you know that this shower scene, the famous shower scene that Sean loves so much, yeah. <laughs> right? Rico's butt has already got a handprint on it before it's even smacked. <laughs> oh, I know it's red, but I just noticed it's a handprint. I was like, yeah. So <laughs> that's that. a goof, surely. It's obviously a retake there, but yeah. It's so obvious, Chris. Oh. Jesus. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's move on to point seven, I think. Uh, we'll leave Rico's arse there. Um, point seven is the future. Uh, is there any sequels, any series reboots, or would we recast anyone in this film? Uh, my research threw up for me. There's two sequels and two animated sequels. Uh, yeah. Is that correct, Andy? You said you knew more a bit more about the universe than I do. Yeah, there's always loads of stuff. There's like, I think there's even more than that. The the sequel, like the second film, like the sequel to this film, shite. Don't watch it. Miss it out. Um, doesn't add anything to it. It's rubbish. The third one is actually fairly decent and adds quite a lot to the film. I've heard um, that. The third one's supposed to be quite good. Yeah, it's like everything that you guys are kind of mourning about, like there's no story, there's no plot. It kind of, this film sets that up. Like, so that you know, the buds are, bugs are bad, humans are good, we shoot them all. The other right. films are not as much as that, especially the second one. The second one's all basically set in one base. Um, and it's basically the bugs are like swarming it, like, but they're not coming in and attacking and killing people. See. Um, and the third one, it's more about Johnny Rico's character um, and just him being generally a dick, and that's what the TV show's about as well. Like, he's not <laughs> likable in them. Like, he is just, like, the kind of classic American corporal in it. Um, but for me, the game, the game is the best. Uh, there's there's two games out in the PC. One's, like, a kind of Command & Conquer style game. That's brilliant. It's got so much good story in it, and it's also got, like, the, the news reports and stuff in it. So oh, it yeah? gives you a lot okay. more of the background to the film. Um, and then there's also a first-person shooter, which... As you can imagine, it's quite insane. I bet, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, all all that stuff adds the background to it. So there's a lot of kind of scope for this film. Uh, Chris, would you recast or reboot this in any way, shape, or form? Uh, recast quite a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, you got some suggestions? Um, uh, not well. I don't know. Without ruining people's careers, I mean, Mark Wahlberg, he would have been good as Rico. I had Mark Wahlberg as well. So, yeah, he was yeah. actually meant to be in it. Yeah, and he was saying yeah, he was yeah, he was, yeah, he was meant to be in it. Um, oh. As for Carmen, Neil Patrick Harris just taking his whole character completely out of it. He's not needed. <laughs> um, I don't know. Everybody else just put, I don't know, some hot lady. <laughs> that's <laughs> what the other two. That's what the other two were, like hot ladies. I like it, hot lady. Uh, yeah, I've put the, there's no point in rebooting it because there's. I feel there's so many kind of similar things out there that are probably better really and they could do more with i feel like <laughs> the, the idea is pretty basic <laughs> the idea is pretty basic of starship troopers anyway that there's things that are a bit more deeper out there that, that are similar so i don't think there's any need for a new starship troopers with there being what is it five or six of them anyway i think they could still kind of carry this on like there is still films and i think they could quite easily do another tv show like like an actual kind of live action tv show would work on this uh. because like like this film doesn't show you any of the depth of like the reason why this is happening, why this yeah. the films do, but there is quite a good story behind this. So I, I would I would welcome a new TV show or something like that. Well, there we go. But I wouldn't I wouldn't reboot it. Just <laughs> carry on. Point eight on the podcast is the statistics point. Uh, I do my usual ones and add a couple of extra ones that I've already alluded to. So, like I said, this, this is this, this was my this is my evening. This is pretty much how <laughs> I amused myself. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go in a, a different order from what I normally do. Um, 
So I was going to do starships and I was going to do troopers, but then I, I the first scene presented me a thousand troopers. I didn't bother. I counted 170 starships, is what I counted, um, <laughs> which is quite a, quite a lot. Quite a lot of starships I counted. Uh, there were 112 explosions, most of which came from the starships. Uh, and early on, there weren't that many. Like there weren't the first three while of the film because of where it was set. There wasn't that many explosions. And then there was one scene where these sort of kind of ships fly towards the camera and drop bombs on a whole bunch of bugs. And I think it was 27 explosions in that one scene, one after another. I, I rewound it twice to count. I think it was 27. And then it, from there on, it was just every scene had an explosion in it. When we saw 112 explosions, 170 ships. Only five swearing, five swearers I've got. There wasn't much swearing in this for all of the carnage that was going on. I was kept listening out for the odd shit here and there. It was only a few. I think I got five in total. Hmm. Uh, I'll skip out one and I'll come back, come to that at the end. Did they say the thing in this film, guys? Did you hear them say uh, Starship Troopers? No. No, they didn't. I didn't they hear did. either. They did, they did at one. They did not say Starship Troopers, but they did say Stupid Troopers. So I thought I'd add that in there. I think that's quite... They should have called the film that, I think. And my last statistic I have... Is the one you've all been waiting for. Deaths. Okay. <laughs> IMDB's trivia page tells me the body count of this film is 256. I can officially <laughs> tell you it is wrong. Okay. Because in Starship Troopers, Troopers there are 9,073,517 deaths <laughs> in this film. <laughs> now, yes, I did add everyone who died on Earth. To the, to the number. <laughs> I did uh, add all the troopers that died in the big, like, we've lost 300 troops and all. I've added them together. But I did uh, count the other rough 1,000 or so I did count, and I included bugs as well. So, yes. <laughs> a lot of that... I counted way more than 256, so I don't know where IMDb. That must only be humans, but yeah. Right. 9,073,517. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have any other stats? Uh, well, my, again, mine was fucking pointless. The whole Wilhelm scream has only been in one film since I've decided to do it. You need to come well, up with a new category. I thought there would be, but apparently not. There was, I don't know, what, four different sets of boobs. There you go, there's a stat for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're on boob watch now. Because Andy famously is on penis watch after uh, <laughs> that girl one. So that's, we've nearly got it all covered now. So. <laughs> Uh, Andy, uh, well, yeah, my normal stat is uh, to see if they've got like a film within a film or something like that, and if they don't, I kind of make one up. Yep. I actually struggled with this film. Like, it's set so far in the future that I couldn't find a logical link. Ah, okay. Um, so I think it's just, yeah, there's no there's no film within a film, and I can't trace any back actor back into a, another universe or franchise, unfortunately. You're not right, so. over the, into Firefly or the Power Rangers with the outfits. No, because I don't, I, I don't know when Firefly's set. I think that's... Could be a little bit in the future, so they, yeah, they might have used this armor, but that would mean the Chinese took over, not the Americans, though. So it doesn't doesn't fit in. See, so, so yeah, I'm out, I'm out of stats on that one. You, your stats just destroyed this one. Yeah, nine million seventy thousand five hundred. I'll ask it. Where do, where do the clan bugs rate amongst like movie aliens? Jigs oh, are better than aliens. Jigs are better no. than predators. What's better? No, no, because they're just drones, really. And then like the the, the big brain bug is just so shit. They can't even walk by itself. It has to have other bugs to kind of carry because it it's too fat and stupid. It really <laughs> reminded me of ex- exactly like aliens. They've got a queen, the big brain yeah, bug. Then you've got the drones. Then you've got the fucking wee runabouts. 
Insects are always like that, though, aren't they? So yeah, but they're they're basically ants, but fucking mm. deadly ants. <laughs> the big bugs are kind of cool. I like the big bug. He's quite yeah. high up. He may, he what, maybe the vagina brain bug. No, no, no the, the big the big the one, the huge one that shoots fire. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah, I forgot about them. They're yeah. they're officially called tanks, by the way. Tanks. Okay, I'd have the tanks in my top fifty movie aliens. <laughs> fifty. I don't know. I don't know if I can go any higher than that. I don't think. <laughs> uh, that brings us to point nine: the moral of the story. What lessons are there to be learned at Starship Troopers? Uh, I'll lead off. My moral of the story is military good. That's the moral <laughs> of the story. Uh, does anyone have a different moral that they got from this film? Uh, my my one's uh, don't turn your back on an arachnid; it'll stab you in the back. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought it was the wolf pack. No, that's yeah, I know, else. right? No, it's, Chris. Don't, turn your, don't turn your back um, in arachnid. Mine is uh, don't argue with your superior officer or he'll put a knife through your hand. Yeah, that's a good And one. I'm a all for like, hard lessons. If you get that technology and they can heal your hand and your arm back in like two days, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm all for a hard lesson. Yeah, yeah. Snap your arm and then be like, don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. That's good. Uh, that brings us on to the point 10 of the 10 point podcast the point where we rate the film out of 10 Uh, I've got the league table in front of me Uh, I've got the entire league table in front of me and I have noticed a pattern uh, in our league table in that Chris's selections are top and bottom of the table Andy's selections are second and second bottom of the table and my selections are both smack dab in the middle of the table so we've all got uh, I don't know, a place in the pecking order here where it'd be Polarizing or okay, or just I'm smack dab average movies is what I see to pick as the middle of the table. So 22 is the total to beat, and Doom is bottom. Chris is Doom. Chris picked that one, uh, is bottom with 10 points in total out of a possible 30. Uh, so the rating out of 10. Andy, it's your film. You lead us off. What have you given Starship Troopers? Right. As everybody knows, and it seems like a statistic that I do like an action film. I do like a lot of shooting. I do like a lot of explosions. This film's got it all for me. I do have one kind of problem where it is very slow to start. Like, it starts fast and then just there's nothing for a while. So it's dropped the points down for that. Um, but the CGI in that's brilliant. So it's a seven for me. Oof. Seven. Seven. I wasn't prepared for that. Right. Uh, I will go next. Uh, I've got I have a prepared statement. I'd like to <laughs> Starship Troopers is one of the worst films I've ever sat through. I was waiting for a political statement or a moral twist that didn't come. Instead, it provides two hours of unlikable people shooting at bugs. It gets points for being very good visually, and that's it. I give it two points. <laughs> oh, monster. I was going to be the bad one here. <laughs> I've gone for four, but it's only because, I mean, it, like you say, the visual effects are great, but it's when you start looking too deep is when you start fucking picking holes in it and it just starts falling apart. So I'm going for four. That gives it a grand total of 13. And actually, ah! it actually means it's only the third worst film that we have reviewed. Uh, better than Tank Girl, which... It's, it's it's not good. I think I think Tank Girl was a far better film than this. But yes, uh, it puts it bottom half of the table, 13 points for Starship uh, Troopers. Disappointing, uh, these guys. I was going to say, Andy, reaction to this. That's harsh. It's such you give a it more film. points than me and Chris combined. <laughs> See, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have given it more points than Doom because I liked Doom. And I like this, but I like Doom a lot better than I like this. 
I was looking at the comparison as well. I was thinking, Doom is better than this. Doom is better than this. And I gave Doom two points. So I was like, this has to be one point. But I'm like, no, but it's good. It's like, it's good to look at. I like how it looks. There's, <laughs> I can barely pick a fault. So I had to match it with Doom and I gave it two points as well. But yeah, Doom was the benchmark. I was like, this is, it's not this as is, good as Doom. <laughs> this is why you've never made it as a movie reviewer because you get shit points. <laughs> if it's won something at the Oscars fuck me I'll give it something high but fucking hell a banger of a film that you could rewatch over and over again shite a film that you can watch once fucking hell you're 8 and 9 I, I think I, I, I might be it's, wrong but <laughs> this film got nominated for an Oscar and the prestige didn't and the prestige is a top rated movie so <laughs> I monsters exactly monsters <laughs> We'll let Andy have the last word, and that'll be monsters on it. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode, but Chris has to tell us what we are watching next time. Chris, what is the next selection? I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm going with all, like, Igmini cheered up after everything that's been going on in the world the last couple of weeks. So I'm going for a comedy. Ooh. Me, myself, and Irene. Oh, good shout. I'll give you that. I was ready to slag you off. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have anything prepared for a decent film. Yeah. Anyway, okay. See ya. I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch that. I like it. I like me. I think it's a great film. We'll see, won't we? Uh, so join <laughs> us next time. The next film will be me, myself, and Irene. So please tune in again to hear that. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.